This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! This episode is brought to you by Dove. You use all the right skincare products for your face, but your body has been missing out. With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast, brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. Itching to start a cacti collection, but not sure how? Or are you already obsessed and want to know how to expand Cacti are the most resilient of houseplants and definitely having a moment right now. Tough and quirky, these plants manage to be both timeless and trendy. Hello, I'm Miranda. Welcome to this episode. Today I'm chatting to Janelle Leon, founder of one of the world's first shops dedicated to cacti and succulents, about everything you need to know when buying and caring for yours at home. I started by asking her the secrets to keeping your cacti going for a very long time. First of all, we want to just, the main thing is with um, all plant care is to mimic their like natural habitat. And with cacti and succulents, it's nice because you basically treat the majority of them all the same, which makes things quite easy if you've got a collection. So the first thing that I would say is full sun exposure. You want them to have as much sunlight as possible because that's what they would get in their arid environment. Um, so a south facing windowsill is absolutely perfect. Um, another thing is that like you want to give it season. So for half of the year, usually from like April through to like the end of September, you want to class that as its summer kind of season. And in that time, you'll be watering maybe every week, maybe every seven to 10 days. It all depends on the amount of light it's getting and the size of the pot. But you basically want to make sure it dries out in between waterings and you'll be feeding it with fertilizer during this time as well. And lots of people forget about that. Like with all plant, like pot-based plants, you want to be giving it fertilizer because you know the nutrients run out 
And for the other half of the year, so that's from like October through to the end of March, you want to treat that as it's winter season. So in this time, you won't be, it's going to go dormant. And this is with cacti. It'll go like quite dormant. You can literally go without watering at all. The only thing is with our um, central heating, if you've got very high central heating, you might want to give it a few drops every, you know, months or so just to make sure that the roots don't completely dry out. And then when it comes through to the next season of summer, you'll see the growth, you'll see all the blooms, like you'll really see it, really go for it because it's had that nice period to like rest during the winter. Um, And I'd also say the other important thing is the free draining soil. I find lots of people will buy cactus, get really excited and go, I'm going to repot it in a massive pot so it has all this room to grow and they'll just put like normal compost in there which is made to actually hold on to water rather than let it free drain which like cacti succulents need because their roots are really prone to rot so I would say always make sure it's in like a free draining soil you can mix it up yourself like you can find all these different recipes online as to what you can use but you just want it to be that when you water it you see the water just drain through the pot. Um, And in saying that, having a drainage hole obviously really helps facilitate keeping the soil nice and dry as well. So those, I would say, if you stick to all of that, I reckon, you know, you have like a 500-year-old cactus outliving you. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you use any particular potting mix or do you make your own or have you added stuff to get better drainage? I make my own um, and I have got it um, like available online. It's one part pumice to one part coir to one part potting medium. Um, and I make sure that it's completely peat free and that there's like no fertilizer in there as well. And what's the biggest problem that you see people, the mistake, the biggest thing people are doing with cacti? I think it's a mixture of putting it somewhere where there's hardly any sunlight, like somewhere that looks great. So like, uh, you know, on top of a, a, a shelf or on a mantelpiece, um, which is usually not directly next to a window. And then they'll carry on watering as if it is in, in bright light um, and end up rotting it. Um, or it's the, um, I think it's the fact that people then completely think that you don't need to do anything to it. So they'll just get so worried about the rot that they won't water enough. So then you'll have them completely dried out. So I think it's one of the two. It's either the extreme neglect or maybe the overwatering stroke in this position where it's not getting enough light. But I think it's mostly not enough light because you'll see them growing in these strange shapes. People think, oh, wow, look at it. It's like, no, it's not supposed to look like that. Like if you notice that the top of the plant is like you know getting narrower and narrower that usually means it needs more light so yeah that's you can save it if you kind of move it over it might look a bit strange but like it'll still still be alive you could turn them around trying yeah. to <laughs> <laughs> encourage that growth but this is where instagram is the problem as well i think you see a lot of like walls and shelves yeah. that look great but 100 <laughs> percent people shoot it like that but they don't necessarily live there so i think like that's what it is it's like oh this looks really great you know i'm gonna have this full wall plant and it's like there's no there's no lights there the only thing that people can do to um to combat that is to get some grow lights you can get them mm-hmm. as like screwing bulbs now um or ones that you can like clip on, like maybe 
overnight for a few hours. Like I've been using them in the shop at the moment while it's closed, just so that you're getting some light on the plants. And that does seem to help quite a few people, especially if you are in a home where you do love plants, but you just don't get much light, like a basement flat or something like that. So that is a way to combat. Do you use any particular coloured grow lights or a, a general grow light? What, what do you I, use? I did do research and I couldn't find much difference between the white and the coloured. I have got the pink and blue ones that um, that you get and they do work really, really well for me. I was quite surprised. I was like, oh, I should have used this ages ago. Um, so yeah, I do that as like a little top up and a lot of them have like timers on them. So you can have that just coming on every day at the same time to kind of give them a little boost and then switch off. So yeah, that, I find them really helpful. Oh, that's nice. Even just the length of the day, I guess, you know, exactly. four o'clock till seven or something like that. Yeah, because you'll notice during our winter, like, you know, there's days when it's completely overcast and I am thinking like, is there any sunlight today? Um, and I think it just keeps them a little bit more happier during this time. Like I have noticed that they look a bit less sad um, as um, cacti and succulents usually do in the, in the winter because they shrivel up a bit because they are underwatered um yeah so it's not a great time for instagram with your plants at this time of year but um, but you know once the summer hits then then they're going to be looking great and i do love um when you do on some cacti occasionally after a long time you get flowers i mean I what is the secret to getting flowers oh it's twofold you do have some um species that do flower quite readily like and i will usually buy loads of those in because I'll just be like because everybody loves it because you're like and they'll flower more than once um during the summer and then as you said there are some where it's like limited by age or height you've got somewhere it's like you know a columnar cacti where it has to get to two meters before it's going to flower or there's some that need to get to five years old until it's going to flower so those things you know are beyond our control but then in general it's also care as I said if you've got the seasons and it knows like now it's summer, it's warmer, I'm getting watered more, I've got my feed, you know, I've, I've been on that rest, now I'm going to bloom. So I find if you're using your seasons, it's, you know, you're more likely to get success with that. There are sometimes you can completely fluke. I know some people that are like, yeah, I do the same thing all year round and it just keeps flowering. And I think then they've just got the perfect <laughs> conditions in their home. Like <laughs> they've got like a mini desert in, in their house. So um, yeah, it's kind of like down to luck, but it is always lovely when it happens. I I have noticed since having a greenhouse, it's so much easier to get them to flower in a greenhouse because you have that intense heat. And a lot of them, it is based, even with other houseplants as well, it's based on an, a level of heat that makes them, forces them to flower. Um, so that's always like a lovely surprise, like coming in and seeing like rows of, of flowers kind of, kind of thing. So yeah, I would say like keep to the seasons and the good care and, you know, crush your fingers and toes. <laughs> and if you wanted to buy cacti for a friend and you wanted to pick one that might be more likely to flower, which of the cacti would you recommend buying? I would say ones that I definitely know flower. Astrophytums are usually quite good at, f at flowering quite easily. Um, there are mammalarias that are usually do flower. I can't remember the species off the top of my head at the moment, but you get quite a few of them that flower every year. Um, I'm trying to think. There's so many that just... Obviously, you have, like, the Christmas cactus. But, that, you know, you're going to have that at Christmas. But that will flower every single year, without doubt. No matter how small it is, it could be tiny. Um, yeah, there's quite a few that you'll get success with 
every year. So yeah, that's just a few of those. And the problem is, it's why it's worth going to a a cacti shop is you get a lot of shops that sell cacti and they have little plastic flowers in and it's so frustrating. I know. And the sad thing is many people don't realise that they're not real. Like they'll post pictures with them or send me things and I'll be like, they're not real. Like check, you can pull it off. It's got some glue on them. And I must admit when I first started my cactus collection many moons ago, I bought some from a market and I didn't realise either. But then when you see them with in bloom, you're like, how did I not know? But I think it's like yeah. It's like this strange phenomenon seeing like cacti in bloom that you don't really know what to expect. But yeah, a lot of them, when they are hard, if they stay the same all year round, just know that you can like pick them off. They're like plastic and they're stuck on with glue. Um, But yeah, it's like, I think, and the, the other thing that people do is like, spray them that's the other faux pas for me gets the christmas (laughs) and you've got those santa hats of the eyes and you've got the sprayed (laughs) echeverias and i'm like no please no um i just feel for the plants just like just leave them they're beautiful as they are um so yeah there's all these dressing up that people do but yeah i'm complete naturalist i like keeping them completely as they should be completely how they come um so yeah you wouldn't get any of that from me (laughs) (laughs) And I think they can be very beautifully styled without any of that. Exactly. And I think if they're in groups, they can look quite nice. Have you got any suggestions for styling cacti when you're growing them at home? Yeah, I think there's like so many different options. I know one thing that's really popular is like lots of people get like these like little like pots that are like animal heads and they'll like put like a little cactus on top so it makes it look like it's hair that's quite popular lots of people come in with their little animal vases and things to fill um you can have a terrarium which is very popular the only thing that i would say is don't get a closed one for cacti because they want dry air so you need to get something that's very open like the majority of it is open or it's like you know the top is open and I think it's quite nice. You can you can really make some nice collections. I think the I would say to very high and very like texture. So you can get like a nice mixture in there. Like so you might want one columnar one and then one barrel kind of cactus and you know, maybe a, a little leafy succulent of some kind a little echeveria so you kind of are making this little ecosystem that looks quite balanced rather than having very similar cacti all in the same pot so yeah I think it's I think they can look really lovely you just have to always be careful with the drainage because they hardly ever have any drainage holes so you just need to know that you're watering very very lightly so yeah I think that's a really good point and I I love I used to make little cacti collections up for friends and I use gravel to dress them yeah but I actually realized when I was first learning how to grow cacti I'd take all that gravel away yeah because it would stop me knowing how dry or wet the soil was you know I think that's really important isn't it when you are styling I think that's the thing I think as you get on like obviously there's lots of people that can grow cacti in a pot with no drainage and they're really successful but I think that's when you've got to a point when you know exactly how much you should be watering in that environment and for that plant um but for the novice i think it's easier having a hole and so yeah like with gravel on top i would put gravel on top because aesthetically it looks great it stops any you know fungus gnats getting on top of of your soil but obviously it means that you can't then judge how wet your soil is instead unless you get like a little poker you know like a little piece of wood and be able to check that way but yeah it's kind of got its its benefits and it and its um its issues Speaking of little pokers, are there any good tools for people looking to get into cacti you'd recommend? I would find it's always so funny because like 
my tools just do not look glamorous because they are all found <laughs> all around the house. Like the main things I would use, it's I can list them, is a spoon. Like that's always really helpful. That's where I use for like when I'm repotting, I'll use like a large spoon to pot in the soil. And then I'll use the back of the spoon to then push down the soil around the edge of the pot when I'm repotting it. Um, newspaper is always great for like making like a little noose for you to put around the cactus when you need to like hold it. Um, as I said, like a little poker, like any like wooden little stick you can use to to see check if your um, soil is um, wet or dry. And yeah, it would just be like I can't even think of anything else. It's just and gloves, but I hardly ever use them, but because they don't truly stop them. Um, it just like, but it's helpful if you've got something like an apuntia, which has tiny little glockets, which are really itchy hairs. You have to wear them with that, like, because once they get in you, they'll be itching all day. Um, but like on a whole, it's mostly things you can just find around the house. So it's quite, it's quite good that you can just take care of your plants with everything that you've got indoors. I think save your money for the plants. It yeah, sounds exactly. Like. <laughs> And the pots, and the pots. (laughs) And and the pots, and I see online more and more beautiful pots. I mean, do you think there's any trends coming up with pots for cacti? I think, like, I've always been a huge fan of, like, ceramics. And I always noticed before when I first got into this that there was just a lack of, like, contemporary ceramics that I could find, like, readily available in stores. And that's why I designed my own, which were, like, the the same size as a nursery pot. So you don't have to repot them. They can just fit in perfectly. But I did do an exhibition many years ago. It was like 60 female artists that made 60 pots. And it was so successful and so popular. We had to extend it. And I was like, oh, everybody else loves them as well. And, you know, you'd have people coming along knowing the artists. And I was just like, this is something that is like really growing, but it's not really on the centre stage. So I definitely think there's going to be more and more artists emerging. And also the fact that like their work's going to be really seen on the same level as, you know, as other art or sculpture. Because I think when like artwork is functional, I feel like sometimes it is kind of downplayed. But the fact that we all love our plants so much, I think that they definitely do deserve really beautiful pots. Just like, you know, a really lovely picture deserves a really good frame. Like, we would never think of, like, sticking a good painting up on the wall with some tape. So I think it's the same way with our pots, that they shouldn't really be, like our plants, sorry, shouldn't really be naked. They should be in really lovely ceramics. And I think it helps with that upright growth. Yeah, that definitely. you can see the pot, can't you? <laughs> and, you know, and, it, and it anchors them. There are some plants where, you know, they do get a bit top heavy, not because they're unhealthy, just how they are. And when you've got them in a nice heavy pot, it does just keep them in place. So, you know, and you don't have them like, you know, on a little, you know, kitchen kitchen plate or like sticking halfway out of a pot that's two sizes, three sizes too small for it. I think it really does make, it does like the plant deserves a good plot pot. And I think it really encourages you to care for it more as well. And uh, cacti was one of the first things I learned to to grow when I was in studying horticulture. Yeah. And I came to it, though, thinking, oh, I don't really know how I'm going to feel about cacti. Is it not <laughs> kind of an old man kind of thing? So <laughs> I put this to you. Do you think there is that view about cacti? And why why isn't it that? 
Okay, so it definitely is an old man kind of thing. Well, it was. Like, when I entered into, like, um, the world nothing of Nothing wrong with old men, Yeah, by the nothing way. wrong with them <laughs> at all. Um, but I think I would say it was definitely like that until maybe a few years ago when I think this shift has completely gone over, where I think that now people are coming into their own and seeing, feeling empowered, that it's like, actually, even though I maybe you know, I don't see as many of myself in these collectors, I'm still going to get the skills to be able to, you know, get my collection up to like find the knowledge out to engage in these conversations. You know, I'd still love to see a lot more younger people um, becoming part of the British Cactus and Succulent Society. Um, You know, to bring down the average age would be great and to have some fresh blood in. Um, But I think it's definitely changed now. I think it's in the beginning, when I opened the shop, people used to come in and go, but why, why cacti? Like, And I used to be like, just spend some time with them and you'll be able to work that out for yourself. The magic will hit. But I think now I hardly ever get that question. People just walk in and they know why they're there. They've sought us out. Like it's They're like overwhelmed and so happy that like, you know, they've got like a little mecca to all like cacti and succulents. So I think that it's definitely in a very short amount of time, it has switched over to now it's just a complete mainstream thing. I've got so many children as well that are really interested in cacti um, that they'll like write to me, which is like the most cutest thing ever. Like my heart melts. They'll like send me hand-drawn like pictures. They'll tell me about their um, collection. I did get the last one. They said that they're my biggest fan and they wanted to be my pen pal. Um, And I think that's (laughs) incredible. Like as a child, I wish I knew about like horticulture. And I think it's really important then that we are actually inspiring from a young age because then it'll get more and more different children from different backgrounds into horticulture and they can know from a young age that this is something that they're into and something that they can actually be good at. So you're talking about children and cacti. Some yep. people are going to freak out, right? <laughs> <laughs> what can you say to people worried about children and cacti? Okay, I've got a two-year-old and my house is full of cacti and people are always like, oh gosh, I'm having a child, I have to remove all my plants. I'm like, no, that's not true. You just need to make sure they're elevated. Like I had them on plant stands or I had them on shelves. And even in general, like my son will, will point out a cactus wherever we are and be like cactus and he knows they're sharp like he did touch one you know and he knew it was sharp but then he stopped and he didn't do it again so I think that it's totally possible to live with children and to have like spiky plants I think that is absolutely doable I just think you just have to be smart about it you know if you do have a huge plant maybe have it somewhere that maybe it's elevated or you have something around it stop small hands until they're at the age where they completely understand but they do learn quite quickly children we have to we we underestimate them but they they do know what's going on they don't want to get hurt really (laughs) i think it's completely true and it's better to prepare them and educate them than protect them from something that they might be missing out on as you said you know you wish you'd had it at a young age so it's great that kids um are getting through so which Cacti are bomb-proof. If you're really worried about looking after cacti, which which are the ones that may be a good place to start? I would say a starter one, maybe like an Echinocactus grissoni, which is like known as the golden barrel. It's, you know, I don't know anyone that could kill one of those. I'm sure someone could. But I mean, it's pretty hard. It's 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 very hardy. It doesn't rot that easy. It's, yeah, it's pretty foolproof. I'd start with something covered in spines really like you know you've got many ferrocacti as well which is 
you know, very foolproof. One of our, well, not one of our, our most popular cactus bought over, like, constantly is the Apuntia microdaisies. Like, we sell them constantly. We constantly sell out. And I think even though you've got the small little glockids, which, you know, are itchy. With the spines, yeah. Yes. Um, um, they are so popular because they look really cute, but also they are really hardy as well. And they just constantly will grow new ears that will grow, you know, twice fold in, in one summer. So I think it's in that the bunny fact, ear ones, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that one, like, I feel like I've not had anyone say that they haven't had any success with that one. So I would say that is a, a great one, but I would be careful of that when it comes to the irritation but I would say either one of those would be a great starter you can get some really thick gloves out there but as you say it's not always easy then to hold on you've just got to learn your way around I think very long um pliers and things can be quite useful as well can't definitely oh yeah like actually that's the one thing I left off of my list pliers like I would always use that for picking up pots like by the pot and moving them like it's just very helpful in a greenhouse if you're moving lots of of spiky plants that is definitely helpful very long nose pliers even better yeah i think like from fish shops and things like for aquariums they're quite useful aren't they definitely (laughs) what's your top tip for catching rot before it's a problem i would say to start by making sure that you have like a weekly like plant care time like you could pop it in your diary I always talk about this I'll have it like you know Friday afternoon or Sunday morning where you just go around and check that everyone's okay because you can usually see the startings of it before it gets too bad like as I said with rot like if you're checking the soil to make sure that it's dry in between you know take the like the pot off and have a look to see if you can see any of the roots look at what color they are they should be a healthy white you know to make sure that they are drying out in between and look at like the whole of the cactus all the way around touch it it should be firm it shouldn't be soft and you should not have any like black spots so I would say like those are the things that you're looking out for and once you catch it you can sometimes dry your plant out and like and save it but if it's got to the point where it's like completely black you've got to just kind of chop off as much as you can to save and with pest I mean as as you're a shop owner and I'm a cacti buyer (laughs) I always worry that the pest problem comes from the shop more likely than going to be something at home something like mealybug I mean what would you say for people worried about pests and and when you're buying a cacti what should you be looking for to make sure you're not bringing home a problem yeah so I would say like with pests especially mealy I don't know why they love well we know why they love the cacti so much because they've got so much water and nutrients in there but yeah it's it's if you have mealy it's not the end of the world like a it's treatable like there are lots of different ways you can treat them from methylated spirit you know dabbing on to like you can like douse all of it in horticultural soap you know there's ways to definitely treat it and like and actually like save your plant um i would say when it comes to buying plants you want to have a look at the plant you want to make sure that there aren't any tiny little fuzzy friends on there and also if you can have a look at the soil because the worst that you can have is the mealy in the soil um which is an absolute pain because i've had i've bought it before i've bought a tray and i will always check and then like i'll sit and i'll just have to throw them all out because once it's in the soil, it's pretty hard to get rid of them um so I would say if you're buying from anywhere, just to check the plant as it is, check the soil, make sure it looks healthy. And then when you do bring your plant home, put it in quarantine for a while. Don't just 
add to your whole collection. I know it's like hard not to because, you know, they're going to look great all together, but just put them in a corner by itself for like just a couple of weeks just to see how it's going and to make sure it's nice and, and healthy. And then once that's happened, you can then bring into the fold. I would also suggest that like twice a year, you do just spray your plants with an insecticide just, you know, just to be able to prevent anything coming in because you never know what might be able to come in, you know, through another plant or sometimes I just don't know where it can come from. Um, but yeah, you'll notice also that there are some plants that just suffer from it more than others. Like I always find the Crashlo Vata. So, you know, the jade money tree, it's so easy to get mealy on that. And then if you let it go too far, you'll just notice all the branches dropping off. That's usually how most people notice that there's this fuzzy thing on there. And you can bring it back, but you usually have to chop off quite a bit and like really treat it. But yeah, I think it, you're better off to be really cautious um, with your plants beforehand um, before, you know, to try and catch it before you like, infect the whole of your collection. And that fuzz, it's that white cotton wool looking fuzz, isn't it? Yes. You're looking out for, oh, mealy. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is that people do get quite like confused because you do have quite a lot of cacti that have woolly aspects or, you know, the areola is like a woolly aspect at the like, at the bottom base of the spine. So people send me pictures go, oh, I've got mealy. Or they've got a euphorbia succulent, which they've knocked and like a little bit of the white saps come out and they think that's mealy. So like a lot of the time I'm having to reassure people people like no it's not it's absolutely fine it's either part of the plant or that's just the sap so yeah you definitely see it they're like tiny little it look like a fuzzy but if you look very close you can see these little bugs so they're like silvery white like a white woodlouse aren't they yeah almost? exactly but then i can feel <laughs> lots of people like getting really upset hearing this being like oh i don't want a plant in my house because i might get these bugs like they are really tiny they're not going to take over your house like i promise um and they're totally easy to um get rid of as you say and it's just checking i think under the rim of the pot just have a good look when you buy exactly. something and, and and as you say you can keep on top of a problem if you do get one Trends in cacti then, what are we going to see in the, this year? What are people going to be buying more of? What kind of colour or what style or what shape cacti or which ones? <laughs> oh, it's so hard to predict. Like, um, <laughs> you know, you have like sometimes, I know like where it came to succulents, people really got into like lithops like in the last year. Like I think lots of people got into a lot of succulents like hawafias, like different like small very unusual succulents with cacti i'm hoping that people get into like more of the subtropical because i love like a ripsalis or a um epiphyllum like all of like the hanging draping i was gonna say they're more, yeah. they're more hanging yeah yeah so i would say because i really love like a ripsalis and paradoxa like i just think it's beautiful and yet people don't really know about them and I think they're also great for people that don't have like south facing window because they do want like partial shade. Um, so if you have got like, you know, more of an east facing, then they would be perfect. Um, and they can grow to such long lengths and they can be such a statement piece for a room. I'm hoping straight predicting that's where it goes because I'd love more people just to learn about these cacti that aren't, you know, particularly spiky and they're not tall in columnar. You know, you have got these other species that are more trailing um without spines but they are still cacti so yeah i think i'm hoping that people will get into them but they all look great together don't they i think if you start 
opening your world into cacti and succulents. You've got such beautiful architecture and shape, not just the flowers. You know, you've got all of that going on, haven't you? Oh, definitely. I think that's what makes them so interesting. The fact that, you know, they belong kind of to this like umbrella family, but they're so distinct in like the way that they look, you know, their form and structure. And it's all based on the way that they've had to, to, modify themselves to live in the environments they're in so you've got some that are at really high altitudes that have like they're covered in a wall to be able to capture moisture from the air and then you have some that you know trail along a ground floor so they've got all different like lateral roots and all really interesting amazing structures which basically are just formed from the environment they're in so it's like the really harsh environments have basically pushed this beauty and character um into their form and structure and I think that's what really makes it like addictive for me because you can I can constantly find cacti or succulents I've never seen before and be like what is this and why does it look like that and where is it from and and I think that wonder is is addictive like I think it just it keeps feeding us like you can you can just never you can never run out of of cacti and succulents to to learn more about they they just grow in such a beautiful way like you know you can damage a part of a of a cactus and then it means that it spurs on growth to like grow even more um you know they have so much character in the way that they grow that you won't have two that will be exactly the same and i think that's what makes them so attractive and basically sexy i guess thank you ever so much that's really lovely Thank you. There is it, yeah, I, 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 I'll, we'll end it on that. I was going to say it's resilience, isn't it? Yeah. You know, this year we all need to be cacti, don't we? <laughs> exactly. I was always like, this is the best. And people buying so many presents this year and they'll write in that as the note. They were saying like, you know, I bought you a cactus because it's like so strong and, you know, we need that this year. And I think, yeah, for me, I've always loved the symbolism of their strength. And I think like, yeah, we all need a cactus in our life this year. Like, you know, we'll both get through it basically. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. And for more gardening tips and inspiration, why not try our new magazine subscription offer for podcast listeners at buysubscriptions.com forward slash GWpod. You'll also find our special offer in the podcast pages on gardenersworld.com, where we also share more about today's themes. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>